0: Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation.
1: Seven minutes after one o'clock, it is Life Happens. This is SAFM. My name is Pimelo Mutine. I'm with you until three o'clock today. It's a new day. I don't know how you're feeling today. I'm hoping that between myself and you, we become better people today better people than we were yesterday, and maybe tomorrow will be better people tomorrow than we are today. The South African morale right now I think is quite low on on all sides. I think all around everybody's feeling there's a heaviness in the air, there is an unsettled energy in the air. And what I want to bring to your attention is I've been watching the news um, about us, not necessarily South African news. I've been watching that too, but I just want to give you the point of what I've noticed when people are reporting on South Africa. And this is including, by the way, the response that we got from the UN Secretary General earlier on today. And the world is saying about us as South Africans that we are killing other nations. That's That's what the world is saying. The narrative is that South Africans are killing other nationalities. It's a very important thing to take note of because I want to ask you if that is what is happening. How do you frame in your mind what is happening? And I want all of us, myself, you, all of us to take collective responsibility about the story that we are creating about us when the world sees us and says we are a nation that is intolerant of others we are a nation that cannot live amongst others what do we say and i also want to take responsibility as a media person about how as a media we've been reporting on the story okay so it's interesting how the south african media has not been saying foreigners are being killed. The South African media is saying, shops owned by foreign nationals have been looted. So we don't actually have the stats on how many people have been killed. What I can tell you is that we know that one South African has been killed. I know that for a fact. I don't know the numbers of how many foreigners have been killed. And it's a responsibility we need to take on. Another issue I want us to also be aware of in our reporting, so I'm taking a responsibility as a of the, of the member of the media, is that we have not taken our cameras to where looting has happened where the, the looted shop is not a foreign-owned shop. So we have not moved our cameras to Shoprites and to all the stores that are owned by South African businesses and told that story. So what I want to ask you is to what extent you and I are complicit in allowing criminals to hijack our narrative as a nation. I want to ask you that again. To what extent are we standing by allowing criminals, those who are looting, those who are causing the havoc, to hijack our national story and agenda and how the world sees us? I would love for this to be a very calm conversation and as you bring your points across I want to know if you are proud of what we've become or the story that is being told about us and every one of us is complicit if you think sitting at home in your comfortable house doesn't include you I'm sorry it includes me too I really want us to have an open conversation about how you feel about how we are behaving and how the world sees us. Are you feeling like a proud South African right now? That's the question I want to ask you. 0891-104-207 is the number to dial. I have in studio Victorine Mbong-Shoo, Shu, is an author and um, is a foreign national. I I want her to tell us her story. Um, I also have somebody who you will recognize, Dada Mabusa who is a veteran ANC leader. And he joins us, and he's somebody who you've heard many times, and, and I think often you've, you've, you know, you've listened to what he had to say. Um, and I, I think this is a good time to speak to him again, because this is someone who I think understands our place in the world as South Africans, in the context of what is happening. That Musamang, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Baba Msumang, what do you make of what's happening? It's day, I don't know how many days now, on. What do you make of what you're seeing right now?
2: Yeah, it, it's extremely embarrassing. We ought to be ashamed as a nation. I like your introduction of not wanting to push this to other people. It's really a collective responsibility of all of us to make sure that we don't incite people against others. I just want to very quickly say um, people are busy trying to say it's not xenophobia, it's criminality. Of course it's criminal. Of course this thing is directed mainly at foreign shops. It's not as if a criminal will not pick up radios and TVs when they find them in in another shop. All all of that comes in. But what has happened is that... uh, the leadership of the country you're saying journalists as well the leadership of the country could have and still should have played a much more responsible role when reacting to these attacks i mean i had reason to comment not long ago i think August first was a fateful day when people uh, attacked the uh, fallen nationals i don't even know what to call them attacked uh, the police and, and police had to retreat you, you would have been amazed shocked to hear the reaction of our own leaders some of them saying hey we're not going to co-govern with criminals worse foreign criminals huh and you were hearing people uh, saying that oh you know but these guys uh, they should not be attacked but they should also bring some skill to teach our people uh, and so on so there is that a nuance which really ought not to come from the leadership. There is a targeting of these people, a stereotyping, and it's such a dangerous thing to stereotype. You could say Zulus are lazy or mm. fat, and, 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 and that's a negative stereotype of people. Mm. Foreigners are not criminals. Mm. There are criminals among foreigners. Mm. Maybe I should stop there for now.
1: Um, Victorine Shu, she's in studio with us you are a, a, a lady from Cameroon I believe
3: yes I am how 15, long have you been
1: living in South Africa for
3: 17 years
1: 17 years
3: all my adult life what do you make of what's happening Um, Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, and hello to everybody listening. Pemelo, it's a very, very sad time for everyone who finds themselves in connection to South Africa, not only living here, Mm. but I think uh, one of the posts that got me to be on this show was when I put out that I'm not able to, I don't know if I should stop crying and drop myself and get to sleep. Mm. And the reason wasn't just because of what was happening, but how it's affecting my family. And friends out mm-hmm. of the country you know my phone couldn't stop ringing. I couldn't st- stop reading messages of concerned people but also my children got very traumatized and they were asking me to really make a difference whether they are South Africans or they are not mm-hmm. because they don't know what to tell people you know, and, and they were they, born here? They are all born. I mean, I'm South African South myself. Africans, yes. I'm, I'm a, I actually plan to open this show by telling the world that I'm a proud, brand South African ambassador. Mm. You understand? And my daughter, Stacey Fru, is a proud, brown South African bearer. Mm. We are the national flag bearers of this country. And xenophobic mm. attacks will not change that. We are Africans. And South Africa is all we know. So it makes us very heartbroken. It gives me panic. Because even when I'm talking now, I don't know how the listeners take me. I don't know if they would see me as genuine. Yeah. And I don't know if I should look at the beautiful introduction you did as genuine. So there is that doubt that the attacks is creating between each of us where we now second guess each other. We now look at each other no less than human beings. I mean, I, I would rather trust a dog now than trust a fellow African person. That's how I feel right now.
1: You know, for me, I think the difficulty is that we refuse to, to unpack the nuance and the difficult conversations about who should bear responsibility. We spoke about collective responsibility, but we also haven't spoken about where this comes from so because we are seeing the you know we started seeing this in 2008 but that's not the origins of the problem the problems are many they're multiple folds we've got unemployment problems we've got shortage of resources in this country we've got policing problems in this country we've got porous undocumented individuals these all of these things are unfortunately for me lead. And and, and and for me, someone that needs to take responsibility is government that has failed us in all of these respects. And so when criminals take advantage of these problems, we've got a drug problem too, which is not a foreign problem. It's a drug South African problem. We are not asking the right people to deal with the issues. And unfortunately for me, I'm only looking at leadership. I don't know if you agree with that. Babam
2: Oh, oh, I completely, completely agree. I, you know, a study was carried out to um, assess the level of uh, xenophobia in the subcontinent, Namibia, uh, Zambia, and a number of other countries. It actually showed that uh, we were the most <laughs> xenophobic. You know, we have a feeling of superiority. Mm over other Africans, uh, and there is a certain narrow nationalism. Mm. But you are right, of course. Uh, there is an intense competition for jobs. And I imagine a person uh, who is out walking on the streets, not having a job, seeing Zimbabweans in restaurants serving and all of that, and so on. I, I, can, I can empathize with them if they think if these Zimbabweans were not there. they would be having their job. But but that's really not the fact, not the truth. That 29% of unemployment, somebody has failed to manage the Mm. economy very badly. That is the starting point of the crisis. But I want to talk also very quickly about corruption. Mm. There wouldn't be many undocumented Mm. uh, Mm. immigrants. Mm. I think that's the word that's used. If there was no corruption in the first instance, At home affairs, mm-hmm. and I want to say there are many really good, hardworking for home affairs people. Uh, there is corruption there. So people come in, they pay a little bit of money, they get no document or they get a fake stamp and they're inside here. And then, of course, the people who allocate houses, yes. people who are outraged. Uh, because they've been waiting for a house for the last so many years mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden somebody else and if it happens to be a foreigner who's got a house ah these people are like that. That those houses go to anybody who is corrupt and they do go all the time. Mm-hmm. So but these are the things that intensify the joblessness, the the, the fight for resources, the scramble for resources and commodities is what intensifies this among among the ordinary people, but it is the duty of a leadership mm. to explain these things. You know, not because it's nice, you want to be nice to neighbors and Africans who once upon a time looked after freedom fighters. That, too, is very important. You know, talking about violence, I'm tempted, I'm, I'm reminded that uh, Edward Sokoine, was the prime minister of tanzania Mm -hmm. who most likely would have uh, succeeded julius Mm Nyerere, he was killed in an accident road accident in Mm morogoro our driver did not stop and he was actually responsible for that you didn't hear any of this of course people were very upset Mm -hmm. but there was no going to kill uh, us while we were sitting somewhere there and so so we do have this problem but the leadership ought to play a much more Constructive role than they have shown today. I mean, the P.A. mayor uh, mm-hmm. is, is pathetic. I don't even want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's what's really most distressing is that South Africans of the ANC, mm-hmm. an organisation that would never have seen the light of day mm-hmm. or it would have taken forever, mm-hmm. who were hosted in Africa, who were given, uh, who were given. Um, Refuge, and I don't like this a
4: home.
2: Uh, yeah, given a home, and they were bombed by the apartheid regime because they were keeping the ANC. Mm. I remember Ben Bella of Algeria saying, Let us be willing to die a little bit for the freedom of South Africa. Mm. And the AU, OAU, then said, We will never be free. We are not free until South Africa is free. So when these things happen, I tell you, maybe it's our fault who were there then, who, who that we haven't transmitted this information to the younger people.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually quite interesting because when you listen to how South Africans keep referring to people across our borders as other as Africans, people from Africa, as if we're not in Africa, it, it says a lot about how much we connect to the continent, how much information we know about our own history. But again, I'm, I'm putting it at the doorstep of, of leadership. The fact that South African young people don't know how we connect to Africa is entirely their responsibility. The fact that in schools we don't know of our connection to how we are so part of this continent is entirely this government's problem.
2: Uh, absolutely. I mean, the other day there is a um, a video clip that's doing the rounds, which shows a former deputy minister saying some absolutely horrendous yes, things sorry. about certain suburbs that are now eighty percent foreigner. Mm-hmm. What does it? I mean, real drivel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and those are people who are supposed to shine the right light on on. And, and, and guide the younger
1: people. Let's take those calls, then, Babam Simang. Are, are there are lots of people who want to respond to this on in 0891-104-207. Felicia Goodman, let me go to you, you're in Johannesburg. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Felicia. Are you able to hear me clearly? Just a, a notch up, Felicia would be nice. Able to hear me better now. Much better, we, we, we're listening. Thanks very much for calling. Yes. You know, it has been a journey to call, firstly,
5: to have the guts to call, and secondly, to stabilize my emotions enough so that we can speak on a rational human level that is equitable and that understands the volatility of the situation. I'm calling mainly because you were inviting us to speak on our complicity. Now, when you said
1: oh. so sorry about that, Felicia. Please go ahead. Are you still there? Yes, we
5: are. We are listening, Felicia. Okay, I thought I lost you for a minute. I'm sorry about that. Mm. Okay. Um. So, our complicity. When you say "ours," I heard you to narrow the definition of ours to only include South Africans. Can I ask that we broaden it to all parties involved, to everybody in South Africa, because this is an inter-African relationship that is playing itself out. And if we all can equitably take responsibility for our individual, complicity in the situation in which we find ourselves. Can I give you something mm-hmm. that I think I personally contributed to? Mm-hmm. It's my silence. Mm. This is the first time I am speaking on a public platform. If I spoke years ago on our 21st birthday, that I made be beautiful products to celebrate our 21st. We were graduating. We were an adult democracy. We went out, got drunk one night and came back and started to record all kinds of names for one mistake we made. We allowed ourselves to be branded as xenophobic and I kept quiet. I should have spoken then. All of us should have spoken then. Another silence we have is we are so about the real reason it's our borders no matter how we construct the concept or how we see that concept of a border the problem lies at the border and I don't understand why none of the discussions have included the Department of Home Affairs mm-hmm. the other thing ma'am I'd like to say it's that I have seen that me as a South African with a small business, I specialize in making African shirts. I am based in Newtown. All my neighbors in the shops that are there that were built for small business development, all my neighbors are foreign-owned shops, not one of their workers of the South African nationals. We are not even good enough to sweep their floors, yet your tax money is funding the project that helps pays the cost for us to be there. So, there is no equity before the law I have seen. There is no equity also in the way you as journalists have portrayed us. This is the first time that South Africans are being invited to contribute outside of the narrative. You use that beautiful word because it is a narrative. And when you speak about South Africans, I take it personally because it is me. When you spoke about how we are murdering people, that we are murderers. I am not a murderer. I'm not. I'm a creative person. I am third generation talented, yet the buying public of South Africa will choose to go to a foreigner that was a tea girl in Zimbabwe and buy South African African cultural heritage products from the expert, which is a foreign national. I don't care whether that foreign national is a Pakistani that brought the things in from Pakistan or Chinese that bought South African cultural goods from China, South African public pine, The South African consumer has no patronage to South African businesses and that is the South African complicity in the whole situation we find ourselves
1: in. Felicia, I'm going to ask... No
5: way in the world can a foreigner stay you know how I am shaking as I say this. I, I do hear My you. shop has been closed since the 29th of June because my commercial neighbour physically intimidated me right outside of my shop. When I went to Johannesburg Police Station, the police turned me away and said, "Sorry, Mama, we can't help you. We are being sued ourselves. Mm-hmm. When we take action, we get sued." We saw it when the police were physically beaten up by foreign nationals, ma'am, and there was no outcry. Any time a nation has no respect for people in uniform, I don't care whether it's the police, the, the, the emergency rescue team, anybody in uniform needs to have the respect for the authority that that uniform comes with. The United Nations Secretary General never said one word when there was such an obvious thing when the Guptas
1: landed at the, the, the defense airport. Huge outcry. Felicia, when I'm, going to, have many many to, I'm going to have Gupta. to go on. I'm going to have to go on because it is news time. And I, we are a nation in crisis. This is. This is quite difficult. We are a nation in crisis. I will continue to take your calls on 0891-104-207. Please hang in there. Mr. Simang is joining me on the line. And I've got Victorine Sbong-Shu, who is also in studio with me. I see all your calls. I promise you I'll take them after this. It's one let Let's get the very latest in headlines with Uzile
0: Saku.
1: Thank you very much for staying with us. We're having a very difficult conversation and I have opened the lines. I've asked you to take part in this in what we are seeing happening around the country. Um, They're calling it all kinds of things. I really don't know what to call it. But uh, the looting of shops, the lawlessness that we are seeing around the country has left many people bewildered. Um, The world is looking at us and the world is calling us murderers. The UN is asking us to stop our nonsense. The world is asking us not to... Be, um, in fact, there are warnings everywhere about travelling to South Africa now. Warnings from Lesotho. Lesotho is telling its nationals not to come to South Africa. I mean, have you ever... 0891-104-207. Mr. Play, you're calling us from Johannesburg. Hi.
0: Ma'am, thank you so much for allowing me some spa- uh, space. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family in Jew Street where much of the carnage has been taking place.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It is true that the uh, shops have been... Vandalized. The shops have been burnt. Uh, yes, there are many foreigners' shops that have been uh, burnt, but it's also true that South African shops are also burnt. Correct. My family, my family stays in Jewel Street, just a street above Jewel Street, the corner of Jewel and Scott Street. They've been there for thirty-one years. Mm-hmm. They've been running a little family business there, a, a, a garage, uh, I would say, a, um, a garage auto lot. There are three shops there. Those shops were targeted. Now, we are not foreigners. We are South Africans. But we've been, you know, looked upon as foreigners, and our property was targeted. Uh, Two days ago, at the height of the problem, my family was basically held hostage. We called the police so many times. You know, surprise, surprise, nobody even came there to rescue us. It was... A terrible state eventually we have to get out of that place mm. now my big problem is even the Human Rights Council they speak about human rights and I have no problem in protecting the rights of people but what about those people that are hurt and have absolutely nothing to do with this you are sitting in your home trying to keep away from what is happening but you are attacked you are attacked we speak about the few people that are being shot it's sad that they are shot that i must agree but you will find that they are a group of perpetrators that have been shot now the poor person that defended themselves is the one that is being taken to court to go and see his day in court the mob has gone home and it is not true that it's only nigerians that are being targeted mm-hmm. it is very fortunate that the nigerian government is very vocal in trying to protect its citizens. But I can assure you from where I am there are a number of shops that either it's either shops, there's a shop directly opposite me yes. those are Somalian guys. A little shop that they've been running there's a guy that's working with me in, in, in the backyard of another place who is a, a, a guy from Maputo there are Zimbabwean guys. They are all terrified. I. I see a big problem. The problem is our government is not acting decisively. You know, it's like, you know, you've got two hungry dogs that you bring into a catchment area and you throw a piece of food in there. Surely those animals are going to fight for that and kill each other. That's exactly what is happening here.
1: Why allow
0: the poor people to come into our country knowing very well that they're going to come here and try to get a little bit of this curse resource You're putting them into a situation where surely you're going to create an explosive situation out of what you are doing. I appreciate nice your call, Pelle,
1: Mr. Pillay. I- I've got to have to go on because of other people who are hanging on. Ashley, you're calling us from Santon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm well. Thanks, Ashley. Go ahead. i oh, fine.
4: Yeah, I'm actually from Zimbabwe. I mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to put my input on this uh, issue of xenophobic uh, attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just you know, came with this uh, Tom Fuller like idea of attacking foreigners. Uh, I don't I don't think it was an advisable idea for somebody to come with such an idea, because now they whole all African. All African countries are against South Africa, which is great. And this thing is going to trigger a uh, war in Africa. Because I have seen some other videos, uh, I saw another video in Mozambique. It was a uh, truck driver from Zimbabwe. He was about to be attacked by Mozambique until he testified that uh, no one is Zimbabwean, then they leave. What if that is that business of a South African? I think this thing needs to stop now. Uh, African leaders need to come together and tell each other the truth. The real problem of Africa.
1: Thanks very uh, much, Ashley. I really appreciate that. Mr Musumang, I mean we, we have run out of time. Um, you you maybe more than all of us. Um, leaders listen to you. <laughs> you yeah, what what would you say to them now?
2: Well, you know, uh, uh, far from that, you you've got a lot of influence coming. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I really empathize with the lady who says the neighbor is um, a foreigner. I don't know where from. Only employing their own people and so on. I wish, I wish they did employ more. But she's talking about one example, maybe yeah. two examples. I don't know. We don't know how many others. I can tell you of many others who actually create jobs. In South Africa.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, a survey was carried out, I don't want to bang on this one, but something like uh, sub- foreigners creating something like three jobs, uh, those who are involved in business mm-hmm. and so on. But, you know, let's go back to this thing of uh, criminality killing people and so on. Yes, he, the last speaker is right to say you've got the AU now, African Unity, mm-hmm. you've got a number of countries. Saying "Don't go to South Africa" or issuing advisories Mm -hmm. or warning against it—that's not nice. We would MTN, Shoprite, or whoever, anything South African, is now beginning to be identified as that Pariah place where people are killed. And we've killed people, by the way. Uh, You know, uh, because they were foreigners. 2006, there were 47 Somalis were killed. 2008. In Khouting, Pumalanga, that and 60 people died. Some were South African, hundreds injured. Uh, township, town, Alexander Township, and, and so on it goes. We, you know, the anger that we have that causes us to kill people because they are foreigners and they are running shops illegally or whatever the excuse is. This is beginning to cause a lot of problems for South Africa now. Mm. Our, our wealth depends very much of, on our ability to, to trade. Mm-hmm. We are a big nation, one of the biggest in Africa. And we, the more we are able to do business with Africa, the better the unemployed, the better chances they have to get employment. If we really just sat down to think about these things, apart from the humanity of having to, of, of regarding whoever you see as your neighbor, unless they committed the crime, uh, is, it is it is important. It's important not just for trade, for humanity's sake, not also because they looked after freedom fighters, which they did, but just how do you allow yourself to hack people to death the way we have seen that. Uh, whether it's being done to South Africans or what, we should not deny, we must admit the fact that we've all people are here as illegal, as, as foreign uh, nationals. Some are undocumented. I don't know what number it is. I'm sure Home Office doesn't know because they, they come in through uh, doji means. There are very many people, good citizens, I mean, good um, residents in this place. Uh, like us, they are good people and they are bad people. But the most dangerous thing is that of, for political reasons, for popularity reasons, getting politicians to focus the anger of the nation. On, on foreign uh, visitors
1: here. I really appreciate the time you've given us and Dade Mavosom Simang, who is a veteran ANC leader. I also want to thank Victorine mbong Shu, who has been with us, uh, and uh, I hope you're safe. Uh, we will keep in touch with you, and I want to thank all of you for calling in. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. We're going to have to move on to other things. And listen, stay tuned. The station will continue this conversation. It is our all of our problems, so none of us are going to leave this conversation until we come to some sort of solutions.